hear that music, you know it's Friday morning. And you know I'm only in one place above the second floor, just below the roof. In my attic, it's actually not just Friday mornings. I'm here all the time. I'm your boy. I don't care how old I get. I will always be your boy, Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector. I have gray hair in my beard. I'm still your boy. I had a friend of mine on the show uh, a couple months ago um, from Exponents in the City. And my wife gives me the business about this, your boy thing. She goes like, how are you like an adult man? I go, barely. You know, like I'm your boy, Tommy D. All right. Anyway, what is this show all about? We know who you are now. You've said it five times. We get it, Tommy D. And now he's talking to himself. The show is called The Professionals. The show on Wednesdays is called The Professionals and Animal Lovers Show. How funny is that? This show is called Philanthropy in Focus. I, I, uh, I get my shows confused. Look at that. Every single week, I bring you a leader of a nonprofit organization. We do two things here. We help this leader tell the story for their organization and amplify their message. Today is, every week is so exciting. And I'm honored that I get to do this. But today is even kind of got this whole other fun and funny bent to it. Because um, I'm MC Tommy D in a couple of weeks at the event for Little Flower. I just made that up. I mean, I got a lot of nicknames. But now I'm MC Tommy D. Shout out Nairikia. Because I know you're thinking that's that we just came up with a name. But my friend Nairikia White hooked this whole thing up. Corinne Hammonds is here from Little Flower. I'm going to give you Corinne's background. We're going to dive into this conversation. we got so much to talk about. Corinne, before I even do all the silliness that I do up front, which I guess it's already started. How are you this morning? Good morning. Welcome to my attic. Hi, Tommy D. Happy Friday. Glad to be in your attic. I'm glad you, I'm glad we're up. Oh, you're not really in the, I looked, I thought you were over there for a second. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I'm being silly. Listen, Zoom's changed everything. Oh my gosh, yeah, I'll tell you though, before Zoom, I didn't even, there was no philanthropy in focus, it was an idea in my head, and then I sat here in the attic in in, uh, summer of 2020, and I was like, you know what, Big Mouth, you've been talking about doing this show, so I called up a bunch of my friends, like three or four, maybe five of my friends who are EDs, uh, Renee Flagler comes to mind right out of the gate, which is Renee is how I know Nairikia, which is how I know Little Flower, but maybe we'll tell that story. But I said, look, um, I need you to do this thing with me. We're going to do a, a radio show, a podcast. And they, because they're friends of mine, they're like, what do you, whatever you want. How long are we going to talk? I said, until we're done. Yeah. <laughs> like that was the show. Like, and it was, yeah. but the thing was, I got it here on talkradio.nyc January of, of twenty. Uh, 21 was the first episode January 8th with Horseability, which which actually I'm talking to your team about, Corinne, because I'm on the board of Horseability out in Westbury, Katie McGowan, my bud. Um, I literally go to that place and I feel my blood pressure like sort of relax. The horses have this incredible um, effect on us as human beings. And I was just on the phone with my co-host last night from the other show that I started to mention as this show was starting, Pals, the Professionals Animal Lovers show. And we have some folks coming on there's so much science now that I'm learning about, about horses and about how they affect us and some really cool stuff. So anyway, I'll share that guys on, on the, uh, on the internet for you. And we'll, we'll get to that at another time, but let's let, I'll tell a quick story. And I did it in a video for this show. So a bunch of years ago, I go to the Long Island Imagine Awards, which this year is the 10th anniversary of the Long Island Imagine Awards coming up in April. Everybody reach out to me, Tommy D.NYC on TikTok, Instagram, or Tommy D at philanthropyandfocus.com if you're not hooked in for the, for the Imagine Awards. Um, the second annual New York City Imagine Awards applications are out right now. So I don't even know if you know this, Corinne. So I'm at the Imagine Awards and I'm like, now our firm has been a platinum sponsor for the last three or four years. Back in the day, we were not. We were just attendees. Um, and like I guess most things in life, right or wrong, we had a seat way away from the stage. Now, because, <laughs> because we write checks, we get to go by, by the front of the stage. Right. But um, I happen to be seated in towards the back of the room. And like a table or two away from us was this group of women um, all dressed incredibly well, like looking cool, like, right, like red dresses, the whole thing, right? So I go, and, and they're one of the finalists in, in one of the Imagine Awards. So I go over, and it's called Girls Inc. of Long Island. Mm-hmm. And I love a name that, like, actually just tells you what it is, Absolutely. right? Like, and we're doing, we're working through a rebrand on a couple of projects I'm on right now. And I'm like, you know, that there's a lot to be said in that when you just say what you do. So I go, I think I get what you all do. I want to be friends with you. Can you take a picture with me? And I got like probably like a red velvet jacket on or something because I'm silly. And I and I take a picture with these women and then they became my friends. So 
Nairikia calls me um, in the summertime, I think last year. And she goes, I see you doing these days of service. And uh, I see you hooking up with the Allied Foundation. And we'd love a relationship with the Allied Foundation. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's easy. Let me just call Heather. Like, I'll just make that happen, right? Not about me, about the fact that we can leverage each other in relationships, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of where this nonprofit sector connected thing comes in. Nairikia tells me about Little Flower. I come out. I did some days of service out there. I was just on campus again this week because I'm going to be the MC of the Fostering Hope event, which is May 12th, which I want you all to know about. But Corinne and I will talk about that later on in the show. But May 12th, May 12th, May 12th, write it down, write it down, write it down. And you can tell me, tell me, I was so happy you, you told that story about Girls Inc. So I know Nairiki is an alum. She used to work there, but also my dear friend, Neela Lockle, who's a great nonprofit leader on Long Island, uh, ran that organization, now runs the EAC network. So it's always a small world on Long what, Island. What, what is her name? Neela Lockle. Neela. So I don't know. Maybe I do know Neela. I, 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 I recognize the name Neela, but, um, and she's over at EAC network. You're saying? Yeah. 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 Again, what that's our sector though, right? Like I'm here on Long Island, Little Flowers here on Long Island. I, first of all, Girls Inc. I, 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 incredible. Actually, we, I didn't even mention it. Sam Leibowitz, our executive producer, gave, gave us the opportunity here at Talk Radio that NYC to adopt a nonprofit. And this year it's Girls Inc. of Long Island. And mm-hmm. I failed to mention that in all the stuff I was saying. So huh. shout out to Neela, shout out to Renee and team. Um, thrilled to be friends with that group and certainly to be friends with your group. All right, let's jump into this. AB from Harvard in economics. Okay. So that's an advanced bachelor's degree. Is that right? Just another word for a bachelor's degree. All right. All right. Good. Bachelor's degree from Harvard, master's in public policy from NYU Wagner um, in 2020, executive certificate in nonprofit management from Georgetown McCourt School of Public Policy. All right. This is, these are our people, nonprofit folks, get in there, get educated and do the work. Six years at Safe Horizon as vice president. Uh, the CDC Community Development Corporation, Executive Vice President, Community Development Corporation of Long Island, that is. Slow down, Tommy. Too much caffeine. And has it's coming up. Corinne's coming up on her seventh year with Little Flower. May and 26th. I love an anniversary. So May 26th. 26, 27 years. Yeah. So big day, big day on the 12th and big day on the 26th of May. So that's something to celebrate. I think there might be a lunch in that. We have to talk about that. I'll take you out <laughs> for lunch. So um I, I want to start here because I always like to start here, Corinne. I know as a nonprofit leader, no one does this stuff for the accolades. You do it for the service, right? Um, and and most of my friends who lead organizations say, Tommy, it's not about me. It's about my team. And that I don't poo-poo that. That's real stuff. I get it. I, at the same token, though, people have choices in life to go in different directions, I think in a lot of the cases and the leaders I meet with, and not just, you know, the the top, not just the very important top officer, not just that person, but anybody organizationally that decides to go into this service sector, there's something there. So can you tell me, I feel like James Lipton in Inside the Actors Studio. (laughs) I love that show, by the way. So tell me, like, what was that? What drew you to this work? Was there a story? Is there a catalyst? What happened that you said, you know what, that's where I'm going? Yeah. So you want to do James Lipton, we could do the Bruce questionnaire. You know, I was in, inside the actor's studio super fan. So I'm yeah, up for that. Maybe next time. Love it. So um, you might have noticed I don't have a Long Island accent. I have a little bit of a Maryland accent. And that's because I'm from Baltimore. Um, had a really happy childhood there. Grew up, went to an all-girls school for 12 years, which was a hugely formative experience and was very taken early on by the complexity of Baltimore. This was the crack era. This was the era of gun violence, uh, certainly remains a very segregated city and really had a passion for service. I did internships for political campaigns and even a community development corporation in Baltimore at the time, Um, but have always had other interests. I love economics. I'm interested in, in the markets and how they work. I love writing. And so when I finished college, um, I thought I would do a corporate job that tried to combine my interests. And I started working at a bank in public finance. And um, only time I've ever quit a job, I left after about two weeks. I knew it wasn't for me. I didn't like the way they, they were running their corporation, and I didn't see myself there. Moved over to publishing, thought I would understand that world. Uh, really loved that a lot, but it didn't feel like um, my passion. And I wanted to do my passion every day. Something I could say as a 20 three-year-old, probably not something I'd say now, you know, um, 
So I took an entry-level grant writing job at Safe Horizon, which was then called Victim Services, and uh, absolutely fell in love. Uh, so I am a person who has come up the ranks in nonprofits. I, when I was at Safe Horizon, I worked in fundraising, I worked in program, worked in finance, and I helped to support our efforts after 9-11. Uh, since we were a crime victim a support organization and 9-11 was a crime, we were hugely involved in the response, and that was very formative for me. And I've been doing nonprofit work ever since violence and victimization, housing, which I believe is the key to stability. And then, of course, this very in-depth human services work that we are privileged to do at Little Flower. Yeah, you know, I I can't say thank you for all that context. I got a page of notes. I I always, even though I'm doing a radio (laughs) show here, I'm always like, I got to write all this down. I got to write it down. But it's that to me, I love you came up through the ranks and you tell that story because there, there's so much in that, in my opinion, that coming up from the ranks, um, you've seen it, I've you know, you know, the stuff, right. You know how it's done. You know how the work is done. And I think from a leader, at least me looking towards a leader, right. I feel like this person did this, the thing they, mm-hmm. they get yeah. it, they know it, you know, and, and that's, you know, programmatically fundraising, whatever, you know, um, the different disciplines in an organization, when you are the leader, you know, you have to understand these things. You don't have, you're not in it every day, especially in an organization of your size, six, 700 employees, right? A lot of different people doing different roles. But I think leadership to me is it's, um, it's understanding what others' roles are, right? And giving those folks the ability to do what their, their piece of the pie is, right? I mean, that's, yeah, yeah I, I want to talk, we're going to take a break in about a minute, but I want to talk when we come back, it goes fast. I, I'm telling That's you, fast. I told you, I told yeah. you, I try to make my guests as comfortable as possible. So we're just yeah. out having a cup of coffee together. Yeah. But I got my coffee. Tom. Cheers. Salud. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I want to talk about collaboration. I want to talk about the importance of mentorship because a lot of folks that check into this show are leading organizations are employed by organizations and are Others are saying to me, you know, Tommy, I want to start a nonprofit. And I always say, I think that's awesome that you have something you mm-hmm. want to do. My opinion on it, and again, I'm not, a, I don't know everything, but I'm saying it might make sense to talk to some organizations who are doing yeah. that type of work, right? Maybe become yeah. a program of somebody's, or you might find something that no one's doing. And then, yeah. okay, then we got to talk about it. Maybe you go do it, right? But I want to play around with mentorship because in yeah. the bio I have, I mean, you know, it says here that you have both formal and informal mentorship, right? Mm -hmm. That you personally do. And I grew up, Mm -hmm. I grew up a sales guy. I'm always going to be a sales guy, right? It's not all I do, but by by all means, I've learned that in the last handful of years. Yeah. Yeah. I remember having a mentor in sales and that was like the guy who taught you how to sell and stuff. It wasn't Mm -hmm. necessarily somebody who thought like about, in my experience, who was like there to talk to me about career development yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So when we come back, I want to talk about the importance of mentors for you. Great, great. Right? You like that topic? That's good. Love that topic. Good, good, good. I thought you would like that. So we'll talk yeah. about that, how it affects you, your organization. And we're going to get into Little Flower on a whole, the programs, the whole thing. All right. Super. All right. Thanks for being here, Karim. We will be right back. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connected. The organization is Little Flower. The leader is Corinne Hammond. And I'm your boy, Tommy D. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? 
Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his I knew you'd like that, Corinne. I always wait for that last line of the song to see my guest chuckle. It's funny because the way we set that up is we didn't have the lyrics come out when we opened the show. It only comes back after the first break. So Mm -hmm. I am determined to tell the world that I have the only radio show that uses the word attic in the title. That's that's it. That's the period. End of story. Drop. Mic drop. All right. So look. There's a lot going on. You and I are chatting in the chat. We're chatting in real life. We're chatting in, in, in virtual life. It's very fun. It's like, so there's a lot here. I wrote down a couple notes that I want to talk about. Um, I definitely want to go into the mentorship. I definitely want to talk about, you know, just leaders and, and uh, career growth in the sector. And I will tell you this, I'll share this with you because as calling myself the, the nonprofit sector connector, one of the things I was looking for was I was looking for some certificate program, some coursework that I could be involved with. Mm-hmm. So in July, I guess, or August, I cold called the Institute for Nonprofit Practice. And it, I, it was a, I cold called them because I didn't know anybody there. And they actually tap people to ask them to come in this program and people are aware of it. So I called a gentleman who, uh, who actually just left INP. Uh, last week, Kevin Cummings and Kevin, I, I, I was like, dude, you don't know me. I didn't really say, dude. maybe I said, dude, I was trying to be professional. So I was like, just said, dude, I probably did. Uh, so, but you know what? I looked at his background on LinkedIn and you just mentioned you went to an old girl school. I actually graduated from Chaminade high school class in 1996, oh, wow. go flyers. Um, and you know, in 96, that's, that means I'm old. Yes. Everybody you do your math. I'm 44. All right. My kids call me an old man. So I, I um, I called Kevin Cummings, he, he and I had connected, and then I was interviewed. I'm in that program now, the core certificate program with, the I, with IMP, the Institute for Nonprofit Practice. And it's funny because uh, I'm sort of different than others because most people work inside of organizations as a, either a leader or an employee, and I sit on a handful of boards. I do what I do in the insurance business and then all this stuff that I do to get involved with the sector. But I want to – I don't know, Corinne – if I'll ever, I'm not a very good employee. I'll say that I, I work my butt off, but I'm not a very good employee. So I don't know that I'll ever actually work inside of an organization, but I want to talk to you about the importance of mentorship now and the opportunity for folks to get involved with, with the sector, because there's I, everybody I talk to who leads organizations has openings. For, for people, right? For staff. So let's take, let's tackle this from what's available and, and mentorship together. Oh, so, so much to talk about. I mean, I, I guess I'll start with the board because you, you mentioned that our board is made up of, of 19 volunteers who have been, many of them have been involved with Little Flower for decades. And uh, a lot of them spend a lot of time on our governance and strategy and making sure we're sound financially and are so devoted to our mission. Um, so if people are thinking a nonprofit might be for them, they don't necessarily, to your point, have to become a nonprofit employee. Right. Boards are always looking for people who are willing to think about the governance of organizations and leave the operations to paid professionals like us. Yeah. Um, as for our, our field, I can speak for Little Flower, but really for all, all like organizations, uh, we always have job openings. Please check our website all different kinds of interesting roles where you can grow and make a career. Um, You know, we can't offer huge salaries, but we offer, I think, uh, the the privilege of working at a place where we can truly make a difference short-term and long-term. And um, for the right people, that is a good way to spend their lives. Uh, I, I chuckle when you talk about people wanting to start a nonprofit, you know, I think there's a 
when people talk about nonprofits, and you've probably covered this on other shows, you know, you think of like a grassroots collective in the 60s, we're running big, complicated organizations with risk management and strategy and long-term growth projections. And so um, if you're looking for easier work, nonprofit is not for you. And, and you're stewarding, I mean, you're stewarding other people's monies to get, to get a job done, whether they be public or private dollars. I mean, that's a big responsibility too. And, and I've had a lot of leaders of organizations, a lot of local leaders of organizations on the show, some who have come, I'll, I'll use, uh, you know, you talked about housing earlier. I'll use Lee Silberman, our friend from Habitat, yep. right? Yep. Habitat of Suffolk County, uh, Habitat for Humanity. Lee's been on the show. I've done some other interesting things. I did a clubhouse interview. I brought Leon to that. And, um, you know, there's the misconception, and I believe that's the right word, that a not-for-profit signifies that it's not a business. I mean, it's, it's a, as correct me from your perspective, but I go, nonprofit means filing status. It's a tax filing status. It's a tax status. Right? That's it. it this is a well, business. So I see it somewhere in the middle okay. because I don't want to overcorrect. If I wanted to run a business, I would love to run Google, right? Um uh, so the mission is always first and the stewardship. It's the stewardship of the current funds. I also see my job as stewarding the history of the organization and bringing it into an even brighter future. But what I do every day is run the, the business operations to make sure we're sound and strong. So, so it's not just a business, but it is a business. Um, I have a lot to say on that mentorship question. Yeah. So I was always mentored and I didn't always seek it out, you know, at at nonprofits for better, for worse. If you work hard and you take a lot on your plate, usually your reward is more work. Right. (laughs) And I've really been lucky to have leaders who've gone before me, just pull up a chair and say, what are you thinking about next? And it's often surprised me. I remember coming back from my honeymoon when I was at Safe Horizon and I worked for someone I adored who's still a, a friend in the sector. And she, she came to my office and pulled up a chair and I thought, oh no, what is this conversation? She said, I want you to try something totally different that's bigger at our organization. And uh, she's someone I still look to as a mentor. I've also been formally coached. I think there's no shame in that. When I was at CDCLI, I was coached by someone you all may know named Ellen Cooper person, who's a longtime coach on Long Island. And right now at Little Flower, the whole executive team is coached by One Purpose Performance, Sue Fredericks and oh Nancy Engelhart. Let, let me stop you there. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. coaching, uh, and there are so many coaches in so many different disciplines. A coach, a coach is not a coach, not a coach. That's a different, yep. everybody has different specialties. I love that I think the way you said it just now is you're, you're not ashamed of it. And I right, like, I mean, the whole idea is incredible that um, people who want to be peak performers in any endeavor, they go out and they put people yeah. around them who can right. help, I, I, you know, like just to make, just to think of sports for a second, you know, Tiger Woods has coaches, they, yeah. you know, yeah. and not just coaches around the golf coaches around the mental side of things and yeah. the psychology of the sports. And it's, thousands probably tens of thousands of sports psychologists right not i have my son in the back of my mind with with uh you know with all the sports he plays so that's what i'm thinking about but it it's about like there's blind spots that we don't see there's right there's things that we're caught in the work we can't always pick our head up out of it and it takes those people to challenge us around it right so talk talk to me about that more about what that's like yeah, so it's sort of identifying what's the purpose in the long run that we all want to work toward and are we aligned toward that purpose. And um, I find the coaching for our executive team now, we just had a, a retreat for the senior executives on Tuesday um, at St. John's Residence for Boys, which is Little Flower's wonderful affiliate. And we talked about our organizational culture and what we want it to be and how we want it to grow. We talked about our programs and what we want to do in the future. And, and we talked about how to grow Little Flower in the future. So very, very important work. And then, of course, you asked about me mentoring, which is my favorite thing of all. Um, hard to believe, uh, you know, I've been in this field 25 years. I hope to be here at least another 25. But I think for this field to thrive, we need people to see a career and not just a job at nonprofits. I love to mentor my team internally. I always say I want to keep them and retain them as long as I can, but I also support them when they fly to another organization to do great work. That happens to me probably about once a year and I mourn it, but I also celebrate it. I've been, you know, officially a mentor with the Strel Fellowship in New York City. I've had two mentees who are now CEOs. Um, I also like the informal phone calls, sort of like can 
you want to be a sounding board? Can I bounce this off of you? Because I'm just such a believer that we need leaders to follow us. And, and we don't all, the lead, us as leaders now, we don't have it all figured out. Yeah. And I think we're, you know, even growing up and I, my first job out of school, I was a bartender for many years. And, and when I graduated from college, um, I went to work for ADP and, you know, I, I had like I- informal relationships and things like that uh, from mentorship. And I would, I remember saying like, I, I, I'm, I was a young kid. I'm, not, I'm nobody's mentor. Like I'm not trying to be mentors. And I remember a, a, a leader in the organization came up to me um, and would say, Hey, listen, like I was kind of a knucklehead at the time. And he would say, Hey, listen, um, whether you want to be a leader here or not, you're a leader here. So like, could you stop? It was basically this, but it wasn't these exact words, but could you stop being a jerk? (laughs) It was like something. Now this is a, this isn't sales environment. It's a bunch of young salesmen and women, you know, out in Queens in an office, like there was, it was a sales environment. Right. So, so you, you kind of, and I was a kid at the time, but it is that it's, it's there. Like I, I, as I get older, um, I see people come to me and I'm not going to say I have like all this wisdom, but I've done some stuff. I've done a couple of things like, and I will tell you, there are four people in my life who live in this home with my wife and I, who think I know absolutely nothing. Yep. So That's why we have kids. Yeah. They, they keep me anytime. I think I yep. know anything. They remind me, you don't know anything, pal. You're old and you don't know anything. So, <laughs> so, but I, I want to go on something about leaders and back to even the ADP days, there was a situation where, um, you need to replace yourself at some point, oh, yeah. right? You, oh, you know, yeah. so can you talk, speak to that? Because we need to pull people forward and bring people up. Yeah. So succession planning, it sounds so jargony, but it's a key part of what we do. Uh, we have, and I think many organizations do an emergency succession plan. So if, if I went to heaven tomorrow, for some reason, there would be somebody ready to step in. You have but that also- in place. Like you, there's like a, a, a written, here's what we do. Exactly. From the board chair onward. And I really credit our board um, for having that best practice in place. And then um, in addition, we think about long-term succession. I personally think it's a best practice for an organization to look externally also when they replace a leader. Um, And I also think to equally mentor anyone internally who would one day like to be the CEO at the organization or somewhere else. So Mm -hmm. you're sort of looking in lots of different directions. Um, That succession planning is key. Yeah, I, I think, and to go back to something else you said, I think it's Richard Branson that that the quote to something you said in a second, as a few minutes ago, where you train people so they're so they can leave, but you treat them so well that they won't leave. That kind of thing. Like I even remember back to I don't know why ADP is coming up for me today, but it was a, you know it was about eight nine years early in my career, and I remember how like some would want to would would want would want to move on right? Luke would want to become a fireman or a teacher and people and like management go, why would you want to do that? I go, yeah. what are you talking about? That's what that person wants to do. Like Absolutely. That's, their, that's their yeah. passion. You know, not yeah. everyone wants to sell payroll for their whole life. Like there's, right. there's a right. whole world out there. Tommy, we have a wonderful superstar employee who's training to be a nurse. Now we do employ nurses at Little Flower and I hope she'll stay. She's not doing nursing for us right now. And if she ends up becoming a nurse and going somewhere else will equally support that. So no I doubt, I no doubt. Yeah. I, I mean, and that's how we have to be. And that's, I think more of the, I guess like it's a, a abundance versus scarcity, scarcity yeah. mentality, right? Like yeah. let's, let's put people, cause we're a big one family, right? Whether we treat each other the right way, that's another story. We need a lot more hours than what you and I have today, but th- th- that's the thing. Like we're all connected. Like the song we were listening to before yeah. the show that comes yeah. on right? But we're all supposed to be looking out for each other. And that, that associate that you're talking about when, when, and if she does move on or if she stays either way, she's making a great impact, right? So we we, want to support her. All right. We got to go to a quick break. When we come back, I really want to dive into this organization. Now I know this, it's been paramount for you. You told me again this morning, you go, I, we really, Tommy, it's not just about me and I get it, Corinne, totally. So let's come back. Let's talk about the organization. Let's talk about programming and that type of stuff. All right. All right. All right. This is Philanthropy in Focus. We'll be right back. Howdy. Hey, Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. 
This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Now I got you singing. That used to be early in the show. I used to try and convince folks that by the time we came back from one of the breaks, they would have to sing the whole song with me. But you like that. You pointed to the attic. You, you, that's, the, that's the whole thing, Corinne. As long as I'm on mute, I'll sing with you. No one, <laughs> no one wants me singing. There's great acoustics in the shower. Believe me, I belt out great songs in the shower myself. I, I said, sometimes I sing on this show, which is when people change the channel. All right, so let's get back into it. Let's talk program link. Let's talk the background of this organization. The organization goes way back. In fact, when I was on campus the other day out in Wading River, I saw the original home of um, of Father, and now his name escapes me. I'm going to say Flanagan, but I know it's not Flanagan. Fagan. Fagan, Father Fagan, who really took some children out of, uh, out of the city, right, and, and brought them out to the country. Can you tell that story a little bit for me? Love to tell that story. I, I just wanted to say one thing before we yeah. dive into all about Little Flower, and that is, you know, I'm, I love talking about leadership. I could talk about leadership all day, but there would be no Little Flower without our frontline heroes. And I don't know if we're coming out of COVID or going into wave seven, but they have been, we've been open 24-7 and they've been working 24-7. And so while I'm the one sitting in this chair, as we describe Little Flower, I really want everybody to have in mind the people who are working with our clients and individuals every day. Yeah. So. Thanks Thanks for pointing that out. And yeah. I, I will, let me just say one thing on that leadership thing. There's another show in the works and by in the works, it means I've thought of it and that's it. And I've told people about it and that's it, but it's going to be called, and I have to host the show because when I tell you the name of the show, you'll know I have to host it. It's called Important Conversations with Tommy D. So, so if I, so if it wasn't with Tommy D, it could be somebody else's show, but since that's the name of it, but that leadership conversation, I'd love to have you just come, we do a conversation. We can go for days on that one. And so we'll make that happen. Very cool. I'll make make a note of that. When I see Tommy D, I'll tell him all about it. All right. (laughs) So, so So the story, the story. So um, after world war one, there was a priest named father Quinn, who was in a parish in uh, Brooklyn in Bed-Stuy, who really was concerned about orphans after the war and gave them the opportunity to come out to what was then the country in Wading River. And he bought some land. Um, He started a summer camp and then an orphanage, which today is our residential program on campus for 100 kids. And I think what's very special about that story is the idea started in Brooklyn and then the campus was open in Wading River. And right now we have about half of our operation on Long Island and Wading River and about half in Brooklyn and Queens. So we are one of those organizations that's been downstate since the 1920s. And that's not, not always the case with nonprofits. You might have a Staten Island organization that goes into Brooklyn, something like that. So we're really proud of that. And um, our workforce is all, is all downstate. So that's the stewardship the, of that history too, though, to your point. Oh, yeah. So it's yes, the dollars, but it's also that story because, that story yeah that's and that vision you know I would love to know was that was that a short-term thing he was thinking about or would he know he would have a hundred year impact um separate from us he's up for canonization in Rome I mean it sounds like he was he was a wonderful wonderful man visionary so um 
so fast forward, you know, you mentioned Father Fagan. He was the one that really took us from being an orphanage to a cottage style living. So if you come on our campus today, the kids live in homes. Uh, there might be 10 of them or 12 of them in a cottage. They have a kitchen. They have a dining room table where they can do their homework. They have a living room, they have TV and video games, basketball hoops. And um, just really proud. I love uh, if I drive out at night and see them playing ball on the field, just being able to be kids. Um, Our campus is also on a bluff overlooking Long Island Sound. We don't have water access for safety reasons, but I think the therapeutic value of being near the water, I'm a big believer in that, maybe because I'm a Pisces. Well, horses Um, and water is like the thing. So I totally get it. And I mean, we live on an island here. So yeah, 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 yeah. We have a VP who's an expert in horses and has wanted animals on our campus. I, of course, always think about risk and liability, but she uh, has had uh, that vision. I won't, I won't even, I'll make no more comments about the horses. That's for that's yeah. a conversation for another day. But I will tell you, I was on campus earlier this week and I got to hang out with my friend Narikia and I, I got to, I've been on campus three or four times, yeah. but like had, but was there to do a task. But th- my task this week was to go around and check things out. And we took yeah. some pictures yeah. and some video and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's so it's such a special place. Yeah. And, and you discover something new every time. The first, I have two daughters who are 13 and 15. So they were little when I started seven years ago. And the first time I brought them to campus, they gravitated toward the um, sign honoring Martin Luther King Jr., which yeah. is on our campus. That's very special. A lot of historic relics there. Um, we still have an operating convent. We have uh, sisters who live on campus. So very, very special. 117 acres. In addition to the kids who live with us, we have uh, disabled adults who live in residence with us on the campus. Um, and also we have a, quite a few residences in Queens for disabled adults. And then lots and lots of community programs in the city, foster care programs for kids to live with families um, throughout the city and Long Island. Uh, we have uh, disabled folks in our care who live with families. And then we provide a wide range of medical and mental health services, along with social work and recreation and so much more to everyone um, who needs it. And we're really proud you know, as folks have outsourced their medical and mental health over time, we're really proud we do that in-house and Mm. can provide that directly based on the needs of the people we serve. Yeah. You know, I I said this on a, I I just talk, I just say things. So I never really remember sometimes where I actually had the particular conversation, but yesterday I was at a lunch. I sit on an advisory committee for an organization called Transitional Services for New York, TSINY, serve, but Larry Grubler is a friend of mine. He, I don't know if you know that group, but I'm happy to make the connection. He's yes, actually, please. Yeah, he's the second uh, guest ever on, on Philanthropy and Focus. And I actually, you know, I was supposed to have a corned beef meal on Wednesday at the Queens Chamber of Commerce luncheon, but we yep. do this other show on Wednesday. So I left before it was lunch was delivered. So yesterday on St. Pat's, I was dying for you know, a proper corned beef and cabbage and carrots, mm-hmm. potatoes, the whole thing. So I got that. Shout out to Bourbon Street on Bell Boulevard. We were on the rooftop yesterday having that nice. meal. Nice. But, yeah, but that that organization, TSI, has done such incredible work. And I'd, I'm happy to make that connection for you. But the thing I bring it up for is the, one of the things that sticks with me about Dr. Grubler, and I've been screaming up and down on this show about the fact that we need to end the stigma around the mental health conversation and we're not there but i think we're real close because i think it's become kitchen table conversation or dinner table conversation Mm -hmm. around mental health you know i used to i used to probably six weeks ago was whining about the fact that if you break your arm you go get it healed and you go to the doctor and nobody shames you for that but unfortunately if if you have mental health challenges Mm -hmm. we as a society don't look at that the right way. And I mean, on the mm-hmm. whole planet, but I think we're, we're evolving. I, so the fact that you address it um, is, and you're able to keep it in house is even greater because you, you can provide those services. Although we'll probably talk about collaboration. Yeah. Um, collaboration is great and referrals yeah. and whatnot is great, but it's, you know, when you can serve the whole person on yeah. campus, it, it that's yes. a big difference, right? Yeah. And, you know, you're so right about the stigma. We're also very much a trauma-informed organization. And I think for everyone to be open about the trauma they faced in their lives, uh, mental health challenges, and just to be very real about it. And one silver lining of COVID, which has been so terrible, I hate to even talk about silver linings, is we've provided some of our mental health services by telehealth. Mm -hmm. And especially some teenage kids have liked that because they don't have to go into an office 
They can be in their own setting. Um, they've actually attended more appointments. And then the counselor can also see their setting on the Zoom. Mm-hmm. So telehealth has been a really good thing. So let me, get that, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, but can see their setting, meaning where how they're living is that what you're yeah saying? where they're where you know how, how yeah. do they come across what's behind them in their room no what's, doubt so that's are they of, safe you know that's a yeah. really yeah so yeah. that's a, a kind of a peek into what what their life is and yeah that's wow yeah. that what yeah. again and i look i've used that that silver lot silver lining of covid a lot myself and i understand why it, it's but that's why it's a silver lining because yeah. we're not saying covid was great we're saying that things yeah. have come out of it i honestly don't know had i been running around like a uh, like I used to before uh, March 13th of 2020, that this show ever happens. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. I don't know because I, I was forced to be in my attic like this. Yeah. And I, I said, you know, I worked a whole bunch too, but I said, this is, this is an opportunity here. Yeah. And I think a lot yeah. of us found those opportunities. An organization like yours, though, it, it, you know, your people have been on campus most of the time, right? I mean, Absolutely. We yeah. have an essential workforce. About half of Little Flowers employees have been um, in person on campus in Waiting River, in our flagship office in Brooklyn, residences in Queens or St. John's, mm-hmm. um, on site. Uh, and that's not just business hours. That's overnights. That's weekends. That's yeah. holidays. Um, just fully devoted to the people who live with us. So I, I usually ask this question, but a little bit later, but I want to get into it now too. Um, what do you think if you had to, and we can, we'll go to break shortly. So if you want to save some of this for when you come back and give sure, it some sure. more thought, but if you think of an organization like yours and the, and the size and the impact that the organization is making, um, I have, I know people, I know some people, um, the people who listen to this show know some people and that's a network, right? So are there certain things and we'll talk about May 12th and I know there's probably some other dates you want to share, but are are there certain needs that the organization has like a a kind of a hit list and we can start now and we'll go to break in a minute and we can come back. Sure, sure. Need is almost endless because our client need is almost endless. So I can, I can hit some highlights. So um, we have a mixture of government and private funder. We're always looking for more funders, particularly corporate partners, to support some of our innovative initiatives that are not government funded. And that support can come in lots of different ways. Um, it's also not as glamorous, but uh, nonprofits need general operating funds to keep our lights on and all the other things that, yeah. that yeah. Uh, we need I'm to le- do. I'm learning a lot about philanthropy in my coursework right now. Because, yeah. Again, yeah. And, and we, we have a family foundation. And I was always like, in memory of my cousin, Linda. And I was oh, like, wonderful. Yeah, Lindy Lou Foundation. We help. We actually we also talk about Little Flower. But yeah. we support organizations doing work in special needs. And I was always like, well, yeah, we don't really want to like this is, I heard myself saying this years ago. I I don't really care about your payroll. Like we don't, we, I want to fund, you know, the swimming program for the children's special needs. Right. Right. But, and we're a tiny foundation, but I'm learning more and more the difference between those restricted and unrestricted funds. Absolutely. That could be another conversation too. It could be. Uh, We love volunteer mentors, one-on-one mentors. You do have to be fully screened. Um, because we have to keep our kids safe. Uh, we love volunteers of all other types, whether it's uh, helping out around the holidays or um, even thinking about being uh, uh, interviewed for our board. So soup to nuts on that. And then we love people to come to our events, even either in person or on Zoom. And I'm sure we'll talk about we that. We will talk about that when yeah. we come back. But I want to send a shout out to another friend out there uh, who I've hung out with on campus. I think I mentioned her name up front, but Alexa Frejo, who has, we worked in the toy room together uh, yep. towards the holidays and we actually uh, had some fun putting some chef's kits together and when I was out on campus I got to see the, the culinary I mean yeah. when and if not if but when people can come back out on campus this is an important thing and maybe we can do an event out there where I can bring a bunch of folks out there to to learn Be wonderful I would have fun with that mm-hmm. all right so we're going to go to break when we come back let's talk about uh, any events that are coming up you know including what the one on May 12th but also uh, the future of the organization, Corinne, really where you see it going. Sounds Great. good. All right, good. Yep. This philanthropy and focus. Dylan, my friend, take us to break. We'll be right back. Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. 
Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4pm, every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. To cut through all the static, join Tommy in his attic. That's right, every Friday morning, right above the second floor, just below the roof. In my attic, that's where I'll be. And today, I'm here with Corinne Hammond, CEO and President of Little Flower. Little Flower Children and Family Services of New York, I'm reading for you all, is a non-for-profit human services organization dedicated to improving the well-being of children, families, and individuals with developmental and intellectual disabilities Excuse me, across New York City and Long Island so they can reach their full potential. I have a special place in my heart and my soul for this organization. When Nairikia called me a few weeks ago, and was like, um, we want to talk to you about being the MC of of, uh, of our May 12th event. I was like, oh my God, I'm in, but hold on because I have to like see what I'm in for. It was yeah. one of those things like I, in this new year, I've decided like I say yes to everything and I need to get some details before I say yes. So I think I kind of said yes with an asterisk next to it. It was like a Friday mm-hmm. and I said, mm-hmm. let's talk on Monday and you can tell me what this is all about. So that's, so I do have passion for the work you're doing you're serving the folks that i love to hear about and and love to serve so let's let's dive into what's up and coming in the future you know like short future and and Mm -hmm. long future love that love that so i'll talk about the two events first and then we can talk about vision for the for what we do so uh for years decades we've done a spring gala in person with awards and all our supporters together and our development team pivoted beautifully during COVID and turned it into a Zoom event, which is now annual called Fostering Hope. Um, It's going to be on May 12th in the evening. Tommy D uh, said yes with no asterisk to being the MC. Um, And it's a family-friendly event. You'll get to do a service project while you participate that will help kids for back to school and will also uh, raise a lot of that both restricted and unrestricted money we talked about. Um, So hope, hope you can be there and we can circulate invitation materials. And then every year we do a golf outing. We've been doing it for 25 years, uh, co-chaired by our board chair, Howard Nolan. And um, easy date to remember, that's on September 12th. So both events on the 12th of the month, uh, May 12th and September 12th. So I hope you can join us for one or both. All right. And so Mick Collins, who is like my sergeant at arms, is he's a friend. He's a supporter of my shows. And he's always putting information. So he's been checking, setting things out there on Facebook. So Little Flower has been shared on Facebook. Little Flower Facebook page shared on Facebook. It's all out there. So you guys will have that. And obviously, you reach out to me and uh, if you have any questions about these events. So we kind of, yeah, Mick, 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 yeah, Mick Collins. Oh, Mick. Oh, thank you, Mick. He was named after Mickey Mantle. So now I know you're from Baltimore. Does that make you an Orioles fan? That absolutely makes me an Orioles fan. And I used to go to Memorial Stadium before Camden Yards. No kidding. So I I actually was down there. So um, it's a funny story. Like, and tragic but funny. Again, um, September 11th happens and we had tickets to go to a game, an Orioles game, right? They ended up putting those games on the back end. We went to Ripken's last game because that's where the game got moved to. 
And, oh. you know, this was a long time ago. Obviously. Oh, that's beautiful. It was 21 years I watched years the ago. footage of that many yeah, times. Yeah, it was, so. oh, and we, yeah. again, we were, we were knucklehead 23-year-old kids. Yep. Just trying yep. to kind of leave it from New York, a little yep. bit of an edge anyway. But Mick Collins, who's our friend, was named after the Mick. And, um, you know, he's a big Met fan. Just kidding, Mick. I'm kidding. I know you got the ink to prove it. I know you're a Yankee fan. So, <laughs> but anyway, Mick always puts that stuff out there. It's on Facebook. Uh, for you all and obviously reach out to me i want to just do one thing before we talk about the vision i got i would be remiss without saying thank you to karen curley thank you to Teresa harry thank you obviously to narikia white and my friend alexa as well uh alexa frasio over at the organization for being my friend and making me a part of the little flower family so thank you for making today happen so corinne let's talk vision yeah, so I get to say this every month at New Employee Orientation, but I love our mission because it lets us change as time goes on to meet the most immediate needs. So our mission is long, you'll see it on our website, but I distill it that we turn our caring into action. And we meet people where they are. We help them live the lives they want to lead. We're not one of those organizations that tells you how to live your life. Uh, We learn about people and support them. So our future vision, we would love to do more work supporting kids when they transition out of care, when they're young adults in their 20s, um, to help them live independently on their own, but with support from us. And we have an initiative we're trying to build and raise money for. Um, to make that vision a reality. Um, We want to do more community programs for the disabled. That's been uh, something throughout the field of disability for years. That's not a new idea, but that's something that just has so much untapped potential. We'd love to do more medical and mental health services. We think we're we're good at that. We'd like to do expand our work on that. Um, And then also, you know, we have these wonderful places. We have St. John's in the Rockaways. We have our flagship office in Brooklyn, of the campus in Waiting River. How can we do more at those places and in the surrounding communities? So, so much potential. And then of course, collaborations. I don't see our peer organizations as, as competitors and another CEO might see that as naive, you know, reasonable minds can differ on that, but we have some cool collaborations going on. There's the collaboration for children and families, which is the New York uh, state health home. Little Flower is actually a co-owner in that. Um, and we're working together to make sure we get a full array of health services to all of the needy kids in New York. We couldn't do that alone. Uh, there's, there's power in numbers. All the way to, you know, I do an informal pancake breakfast with a bunch of Long Island CEOs uh, and credit Jeff Reynolds, who's uh, from Family and Children's sure. Association. He and I have been doing that together for years to bring this group together just so we can you know, how do that. you handle overtime? Oh, how do you handle it? You have to. Yeah. And again, yeah. you know, yeah. it gets lonely at the top sometimes. Yeah. I mean, right. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. it, we as leaders, sometimes you, you can't reach out to, you know, you're, you're supposed to have all the answers. Right. Which that sorry, none of us have all the answers, ladies and gentlemen. It's an announcement. None of us have all the answers. But I, I you know, um, Robert Budd's been on this show, right? Um, Yolanda Rabano Gross has been on this show. Yeah. Your your yeah. peers. Um, we Charles, love free. Shout out to Robert. And, right? and yeah. so we have some former uh, great little flower employees who are over at Free. Uh, is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so we had, um, I was going to say, uh, so Yolanda's been on the show from Options yep. for Living. Yep. I, Options I, like, is amazing. Right? Yeah. Incredible work. And we can all learn from each other. And and uh, in fact, further out east is a friend and client of ours, uh, Charles Evdos over at Rise Life Services. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you've collabed with, with yes. Charlie and his group and they do incredible work. So this is what my deal is. Like, this is the whole thing. Philanthropy and Focus is a show, but in my mind, it's a mission. It's a movement. It's bringing these folks together. So mm-hmm. um, so I love to hear that collaboration. I mean, even some of the organizations you're involved with, and I didn't go through your whole resume earlier, but Catholic Federation of Social Service Agencies in Brooklyn and Queens, we got I'm very connected to the Queens Chamber of Commerce. So we should yep. talk about that. Um, I sit on the board of the Bayside Business Association, which is how, not about me, but that's how Nairikia and Alexa were able to hook up and get like 200 coats, yes. brand new yes. coats from Ganada, the Greater New York Auto Dealers Association in affiliation with um, with the Bayside Business Association and all this stuff. But that's- Thank you. That, Thank that, you, Tom. You're welcome. Uh, but I, I don't, it, it's just, just plain connector is really all it is for me, you know, but the Health and Welfare Council of Long Island- Obviously, you're way deep in the collaboration. The one thing I want to ask you about, um, you know, you're, it, it says you're a member of New York City's Mayor's Nonprofit Resilience Committee. Resiliency yep. Committee. So yep. two things. I sit on the Nonprofit Committee with the Queens Chamber of Commerce, so would love to talk about that at another point. Um, it, with a new administration, um, 
this is, you know, this information might be, you know, a bit dated. I've had it for yeah. a while. Yeah. So are you still going to be as involved? Yeah, so I love that. Um, I think it changes with every administration. So the Nonprofit Resiliency Committee was under de Blasio. I think it will take a different form under Mayor Adams. But um, I'm so impressed with the Adams team. They really reached out during the transition and tried to understand the issues we face and the needs of New Yorkers and and for our organizations, the needs in Brooklyn and Queens, and certainly Mayor Adams knows Brooklyn so well. So I think it will just be different a different way to be connected. I'm also a proud board member of Human Services Council in the city. And and that really, you know, has been running this Just Pay campaign to make sure our frontline workers have um, adequate pay to do the work they do. So there's a lot going on right now um, in the city. Yeah, I I mean, listen, Corinne, I I can't say thank you enough for for affording me this opportunity to get here because I appreciate your friendship. Um, I, I appreciate your leadership, not only of your organization, but in the sector as a whole. And I look forward to uh, being a, a, a part of what goes on into the future with Little Flowers. So thanks for being here. Yeah. Excited about May 12th. Um, again, your team is incredible and they've really brought me into the family a bit. We're just getting started, really. It's just the beginning. Um, but thanks for being here. Um, any Any final thoughts before we head out? So I like that Carl Sagan song in the beginning. My husband's a physicist. So even though I'm not good at science, we talk a lot of science in my house. And I, uh, one of the lyrics in there is I'm just a speck and I just try to be of service and humble. And we're working in service of helping people for the long run. And that's why we do this work. Thank you so much. And shout out to our our leader here, Sam Leibowitz, who, who that's, he brings that song on. We call it, we're all connected, but it comes from the Carl Sagan CD, or I guess it was an album at the time. And uh, that's how we always start the the shows. It means the live shows are going to begin. So way to bring it right back to the beginning, Corinne. I appreciate you. I look forward to seeing you in person soon out on campus. Um, I have a lot of cool ideas that we might be able to help out with. This show is Philanthropy in Focus. We do this every Friday morning. And my mission is two things. Help these organizations and the leaders tell their story to amplify their message. How do you find me? Go to TikTok, TommyD.NYC. That's even funny for me to say. Uh, go to Instagram, TommyD.NYC, and obviously TommyD at philanthropyandfocus.com. We will see you next week. Thanks for being here. Thanks again, Corinne. Make it Thanks a great for having day. me, Tommy. You got it. Stay tuned for Steve Fry. See you guys later. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. on edge hey we live in challenging edgy times so let's lean in i'm sandra bargeman the host of the edge of every day which airs each monday at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges that's the edge of every day on mondays at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? 
Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Empower. 